All right, so I'm recording myself, la di da di da, and then I'm gonna record Skype in three, two, one. Blast off! Blast off! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even say anything because I figured that would happen. <laughs> I forgot. <sighs> All right, so <clears throat> here we go. We don't want you. We don't want you. What's going on? What? He's doing the theme music. Oh, I thought it was like that song. It sounded like the one song. Um, that, oh, I can't even think of it now. <laughs> this is going really well. <laughs> Fisher cast a six feet under retrospective. I am your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my six feet undertakers, Moira and Des. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, and uh, we also have have here our uh, our lovely funeral director, who has been with us, uh, I think, a couple times already. Uh, Gabby, what do you say, Gabby? Hi-o. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very, very uh, deep. Uh, <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Well, good to good to have you back. And uh, well, this is gonna be a long show today, so why don't we get right into the Darwin Awards? Dun dun dun! I can't um, wait. It's funny because um, death by a golf ball. <laughs> is not all that uncommon, according to uh, uh, the Herald Tribune out of Southwest Florida. They they have an article here, and it's just like a list. And I thought instead of like a, a story, because not, it's not like funny, you know? People just get hit in the head by golf balls and they die. But it's just amazing to me. Okay, so a 69-year-old man died several days ago after being struck in the back of the head by a tee shot from 10 yards away after walking out ahead of his playing partners in in a Chino, California golf course in October. His brain swelled, and despite surgeries, he died in the hospital. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. A 66-year-old woman was killed in 2009 after being hit in the back of the head by a wayward shot hit by her son-in-law in a course near Loch Lomond in Scotland. She died a day after being struck. I'm going to call murder on that one. Um, let's see. A 16-year-old girl died after being hit in the head by a golf ball on a course in Sydney, Australia in 2005. News reports say she could have survived but was given the wrong dose of medication in the hospital. Also to have found collapsed beds and roaches in the room ca- causing her to suffer a cardiac arrest. Aust- Missy. You got to clear things up down there. Come on. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a 13-year-old boy, a 10-year-old boy, a 17-year-old boy. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, 
most tragic is, I mean, you have a shitty job. You're working maintenance at a golf course, and uh, <laughs> as a ground, you know, you're just like um, working ground groundskeeping, basically. You're Bill Murray. <laughs> or my ex-husband. <laughs> yes, that's what he used to do. Like, uh, I am apolog- I apologize to anybody who uh, is groundskeeper of a golf course and thinks it's awesome. So. It's not awesome. I, 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 it's very low paid job. <laughs> unless you, unless you're the owner's son, in which case it's okay. Yes. <laughs> 40-year-old Maurice Hayden uh, let's see. Police say the golf ball hit Hayden in the temple as he was cleaning debris near trees around the second tee. The groundskeeper was about a hundred feet away from a powerful drive. It hit him right in the temple at about 135 miles an hour. <gasps> Uh, yeah, the golfer himself was visibly distraught. Uh, uh, it's always a possibility, he says, but uh, oh, a friend of his said, but the odds of it happening are very slim. Um, I've been on the golf course every day for three weeks. Never once did I think my life was at risk. It's a real wake-up call. <laughs> okay, see, if I would have known this was an option when I was married, I would have taken up golf. <laughs> no. no honey you keep working no, I'll be out here Go ahead. I knew there was a problem with houses along like mm-hmm. um, golf courses having their windows broken but I yeah, had yeah. no idea that there was so much death and destruction around golf well, courses the moral of the story golf sucks <laughs> I would have to say the moral of the story if you are a golfer and uh, Yell for, will you? I mean, seriously. And and do not walk out in front of your foursome when they're hitting the ball. <laughs> yeah, God. Or stick to no kids on the stick course. Stick to mini golf. I mean, none of these were mini golf incidents, right? <laughs> Correct. Right. One hundred and thirty-five <laughs> mile an hour mini golf. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme mini golf. Right there. It's that. It's that little boy Connor. He can really. <laughs> <laughs> the boy's got a swing on him. <laughs> 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 All right, well, that's our last Darwin Award of Season 1. Let's get into <laughs> open casket viewing. Season 1, Episode 13, Knock Knock. When her Aunt Lillian dies, Tracy, David's biggest fan, turns, <laughs> <laughs> turns to the Fisher family for the arrangements. They soon discover that as a party planner, Tracy is far from the life of the party. Brenda's relationship with Billy takes a turn for the worse shortly before she does, putting both her life and Nate's in jeopardy. David is forced to take a stand at church over his sexuality. Claire doesn't realize how far out of control Gabe is getting. Ruth comes to a fork on her road to romance and must choose between Hiram and Nikolai. Rico brings new life into the old home of Fisher and Sons, written and directed by Alan Ball. (laughs) I just had a vision of Ruth standing there looking at Hiram, looking at Nikolai, <laughs> looking at the fork in her hand, going, hmm, what will I do with this fork? Which one do I Who stab? Shall I stab? <laughs> <Yeah>. Stab Hiram! <laughs> well, um, uh, I have to say, this this commentary, well, this, this recap of Knock Knock, uh, written and directed by Alan Ball, uh, will be peppered with uh, some things, some notes I took also from the commentary track that Alan Ball did for Knock Knock. Did you, were you able to listen to that, Gabby? Uh, no, I watched on HBO Go. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. So, every once in a while, I might take a pause and go, by the way, Alan said... <laughs> 
do that voice, please. Just do, do that it with that voice yes. every time Alan has something to say. Three people say yes. Yep. So you must do it. It's unanimous. I want people to actually take it seriously, though, of stuff I'm saying. I don't want them to be like, wow, no, no. what a goofy voice and not really listening. Listen, they'll take it seriously, but by using the voice, they will realize that's from the commentary track. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> It'll be their signal. <laughs> All right. You could do a bat uh, signal, but they can't actually see that on a podcast. So. Right. <laughs> or you could do that bell, like, back in the day with a film strip, and that's how you knew it was time to go to the yeah. next thing. Right. Oh. Wow. Gabby, you're just showing your age. Are we talking Whatever. old school, like, Viewmaster stuff? Uh, no. Viewmaster? I'm Viewmaster. <laughs> Viewmaster. Oh, my God. sound. <laughs> I was thinking uh. film strip in oh, okay. school with a cassette because I'm 100 uh. years old, you say. Yes. No, no. Yes, that's Gabby, right. Old. <laughs> I don't care. I own it. Unlike me, you are very old. <laughs> 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 all right <clears throat> so in the uh, uh alan says in the pilot uh <laughs> i went we shot in a graveyard and i saw the tombstone ball and i thought i must be in the right place and i uh, he had uh 13 days to shoot the pilot uh and he said there was lots of adrenaline there but he actually uh ended up having nine days to shoot this one and he says he feels i felt more experienced at that point uh (laughs) six feet under to me is like getting paid to go to film school you know you sound Uh, a little bit like ryan ozawa right now (laughs) a little bit wow just a little no in a good way yeah yeah (laughs) anyway Mahalo. Exactly. <laughs> now we need to send them a little email or something and say, please listen to this episode just for the first part. Oh, come on, Ryan and Jen, listen. Everybody listens. That's what I think. Even All right, people so- who don't watch the show listen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hi, Mike. Um, so <laughs> um, so uh, the first scene, we have uh, the evil... Matthew Gillardi making plots, Lord Vader making plots with the Emperor here, uh, Mitzi Dalton Huntley. I like is, that lady. <laughs> yes. The actress, not the character. Oh, okay. Well, um, it's noted that uh, Julie, it's, she's played by Julie White, who was on, worked with Alan Ball and Grace Under Fire. Do you know her from somewhere else? Or? Oh, I don't know. I, probably. I would have to look her up, but I've seen her in stuff. Um I used to watch Grace Under Fire way yeah, back. Yeah, me too. I think I recognize her from But there. I don't know if that's where... What was her name? Julie White? Julie White. Pretty plain... Oh, uh, Transformers. Um, yeah, so she played uh, Shia LaBeouf's mom in Transformers. Oh, really? That was Shia LaBeouf? Oh, my God. Yes, yes. That's where I've seen her most recently. Oh, my God. Overacting pot brownies. Right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Your voice went up like five octaves there. That's my Julie White voice. Okay. When I do Julie White commentary, Alan. <laughs> uh, Alan Ball says he wanted her to play a Texan because, and she also knew that she loves to play golf. Yes. And, uh, yeah. So uh, she's telling Gilardi that she needs three funeral homes in the Los Angeles area. And Gilardi tries to be a little polite, throwing a little ma'am at the end Can of the sentence. Can I say it, please? <laughs> Go for it. I agree with her completely. Hey, fuck you with that ma'am ship. Shit. <laughs> I screwed it up. <laughs> I, hate, I hate when people call me ma'am. I hate, I hate the word ma'am. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know, in a way, I guess it's kind of demeaning. I mean, yes. he's like, especially in, like in Gilardi's eyes, he's like, yeah, yeah, the lady in charge, whatever. And, you know. 
but yeah, she. <laughs> we think that she's the one that's going to croak here. She actually has a huge belch from the escargot that she ate and uh, hooks the ball and hits our body of the week. That's our that's Aunt Lillian uh, gets hit in the head while she's reading Fast Food Nation. And Alan Ball says, I think our culture has turned into a fast food industry. And I wanted to reflect that. It sounds like Alan Ball sounds like a cross between Ryan Ozawa and Casey Kasem. <laughs> yes. yes, like they had a love child, and this is Alan Ball. We're going to be counting down the top hits any moment. <laughs> Desiree, this is your long distance dedication from Gabby. You need to break it to Alan Ball, but I did not notice what she was reading. I did not. Uh, yeah, it was either. quick. But I did not quick. think that ball hit her hard enough in the head to kill her. <laughs> but I guess because, you know, if they really Do hit you know her what? in the head, they'd really kill her. Do you notice where it hit, though? It hit in the temporal part of the head where the big old temporal artery is. So I actually uh, think that's believable. See, that's, that's why we have a doctor on this podcast. Yeah, it's for the medical input. <laughs> oh, gosh. We're going to get more of that later. Yes, uh, we are. I looked some stuff up, but moving on. <laughs> a vital note uh, about this scene is that Alan Ball really loves the acting of the dog in the scene. Seriously. I don't even remember a dog. He, the dog is like right next to her. She slumps over, and the dog's just like, "What the fuck? What, what, what the fuck?" <laughs> sniff, sniff. <laughs> okay, so uh, next scene: Nate is taking his funeral director's exam, and he gets a page. And and wait, and how cute up. is that, right? How 1992 of him. It's so. Wait, cute. When was the show out? This is actually 2001. Yeah, I know. Okay, so he had a beeper still in 2001. Yep. <laughs> He's a retro kind of guy. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. an early hipster. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, actually, John Teddy from the AV Club, who wrote up some spectacular uh, uh, reviews of the first season at Six Feet Under, actually says that there's a lot of dated tech in this episode. Nate carries a pager. David's fax machine is humming with activity. Yeah. And Tracy burns a CD of songs for the funeral. Mm -hmm. (laughs) anymore. I didn't notice the CD, but I noticed that fax was like the world's slowest fax. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Clearly you haven't been using the one in my office at work. So... Um, so the next scene, David answers the front door and, uh, finds Tracy Montrose Blair, who, um, wants to arrange a funeral for Aunt Lillian and tells David he needs to get over himself, uh, when he's, he's, he thinks basically she's there for him, you know? He really does though. (laughs) Well, who can blame him? Come on. (laughs) Not just any Uh, funeral, Robin, a resplendent funeral. Now, do you guys think that this this uh, is shot on a stage or in an actual house, the way the Fisher's house looks? I was actually assuming it was an actual house. I'm the kind of person who doesn't think about that kind of stuff. I always just, you know, it's a house until somebody destroys the illusion for me. Mm-hmm. So, destroy, like on. Uh, destroy my illusion. Pop our bubble. You'll notice in this episode, there are a couple shots where the front door is answered and the camera is shooting from up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And that is because we're on a stage. This whole house is on a stage. Yeah, and, uh, wow. Yeah. It's amazing, too, because uh, he said he basically says that usually there's a green screen outside the door and sometimes it looks good. And most of the time it looks awful to him. So to avoid that, he likes to just kind of take a shortcut and shoot from 
the other side of the door so you don't see outside. That's so funny. For some reason, I've always assumed that, that this Me show was always shot in an actual house. I, yeah. but, I don't I mean, know why, but of... for some reason, this show, I always thought it was. Because it feels yeah. like an actual it house. It looks like a house, yeah. yeah. Well, it actually is like, I think, a Puerto Rican embassy of some sort or some <laughs> sort of house for Puerto Rican something. I forget. Um, uh, I'm not trying to offend Rico, um, but <laughs> I just don't remember it at, right now. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, it, there are shots that are outside that house and you see it's on the porch and you know in the front yard maybe somebody's you know sunbathing to make this happy but mm-hmm. um, oh not yeah, just the... us oh not mm-hmm. just us <laughs> look moira is a woman too there's a rumor last time i checked my parts yes so when she sees a hot shirtless man yeah she does have an emotional response and a hormonal maybe one maybe a physical one too <laughs> Surrounded by hormones. That's right. Moving on. Hey, you should get some male guests sometime. Yeah. Hey, fellas. Until Brad. Oh, that's Talk not going to work, is it? Until... Hey, fellas. Until <laughs> Brad's husband rules. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Tracy tells David that um, she actually was a party pl- is a party planner, and uh, she even did one for the Golden Glo- Golden Globes party uh, that Hollywood Porter reporter called Resplendent, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's an actual word. I like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've never heard that one, Robin? <laughs> no, I've never heard. Res- well, in Six Feet Under, I heard. It. Oh my goodness! I hear the word. I think of Six Feet Under. It's like Resplendent. Wow. Um. So instead of the typical interview at the top of an episode, we see Tracy's pacing around with her cell phone while David's looking awkwardly at her to sign this contract, which she won't. And she just tells him, don't worry about the cost and rushes off. Um, Nate shows up to Brenda's apartment and Brenda needs to see Billy. And she says, he needs me. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And please note that Nate has no scruff. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, it was a really sad episode for me. Yeah, points I, points yeah. will be taken off. Yep. <laughs> yeah, lack of scruff. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling that uh, Brenda felt Billy needing her just as Vader felt Luke on Endor in Return of the Jedi. Just wanted to make that. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next scene, we see Claire and Parker talking. Uh, Alan Ball says, uh, Parker is all-American J-Crew, but bland immorality. And that their relationship is not a real one. He says, it's alienation bonding. No no real intimacy. I like Parker. I like, mm-hmm. I love the fact that, you know, when... Um, Claire called her out for being, you know, putting on the act of being a good girl. And she's like, mm-hmm. well, this is why. So I can, you know, party at my dad's place. And the parents will, you know, don't think twice about leaving her or whatever because she's yeah. such a good girl. But she's really a bad girl. I love that. Yeah. She might as well have the last name Chenoweth the way she's being raised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she could vie like, for manipulator of the week. You never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Parker gets the nice pat on the head, like everything okay. Okay, we're out of here. We're off to Jamaica or whatever mm-hmm. the parents were off to. So, um, yeah, Parker asks Claire about Gabe, and Claire insists that he's stronger than she thinks. 
Very and stronger he than he thinks. Yes. Rather. Get it she right. She had the oddest look on her face when she said that. <laughs> Des is recapping next episode. Uh, Hell no. <laughs> all, my, all my notes will be about Nate Scruff and uh, Nate without a shirt on and, yeah, Billy Scruff. So. <laughs> Alas, this is a scruffless episode. No, we're all in one. Well, Billy had a little bit. Really I don't know Basically about you, ladies. Crazy curls. I'm wearing black because you know <laughs> there's no scruff. As am I. As am I. I'm actually wearing scruff. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I brought the scruff. Nate. I, I feel that perked right up there, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So <laughs> the uh, next scene is Brenda driving with Nate to the hospital, and. Uh, the car shots, you gotta you gotta know that those car shots are on a stage, right? Fake amazement. Cue the fake yeah. the um, Ellen... the 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 car shots like out the windows, they weren't that yeah. great. So no. yeah, clearly. But it's fine. Yeah, I yeah, was Ellen okay Ball with says, it. Yeah. He says it's just what you do when you have limited time, yeah. unfortunately. Right. Um so Brenda is feeling guilty about committing Billy and Nate's trying to give her some confidence and, and insists that she saved him. I have one little quote there. May I say it? No, right. please interrupt me all you want. Because I was paying really good attention and taking notes for this from Robin. So I have nice. when she was discussing her mother and her mom having children and she said she had children like fashion accessories. Ooh. I thought that was very like I, I did the same Maggie thing. Chenoweth. I did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yes. That's why I have a dog. I carry, I carry him around in a purse all the time. Because that's how I roll. Oh, Is he sure. And stuff and shirts. Why not? He's got a Halloween costume. Why not? Oh, no. my God. No, I really don't. Or maybe I do. I she don't does. know. She does. I totally don't. Or do I? <laughs> I am ready to use my arty screenshot at any moment here. Just in case. Uh, I'm going to pencil in a Halloween up. costume on him. He's watching yes. T3. It's okay. It's a sexy Halloween costume. He's going to be a slutty nurse this year. <laughs> He's going to be Yoda. Just shut it down. A slutty Yoda? A slutty Yoda. Oh. oh not- Blasphemy. Wait a minute. <laughs> There's nothing sleepy about Yoda. But there can be. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I did. <laughs> Who is that, Robin? I'm master of impressions tonight, I'm telling you. Oh, well, I, let me just say, oh, no. you do better impressions than one of my other co-hosts, okay? <laughs> oh, sick. Okay. All right, so the next scene is at Nikolai's, which is a real flower shop in Van Nuys. And uh, Missy told us about how it used to be the ga- a gas station. And yes, it remember looks like it was, one. It was rumored to be the gas station that James Dean filled his car up uh, before his fateful drive. Wait, you told us this one before. No, no Missy did. <laughs> or- That's what I just said. Pay attention. Okay. I'm giving you... Pat on your head. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Alan Ball says that he you know he likes Edo Ross's performance. Edo Ross is not really Russian. He's uh, he thinks he's Irish, but he plays lots of Russians. Wait, was that an Alan Ball quote? Was, because it, it, it sounded wasn't. like Robin. I wasn't quit I, I just mentioned a fun fact that okay, I need okay. to get into 
<laughs> okay, so Ruth's on the phone with Hiram, who asks uh, who asks her out to dinner. Uh, Nikolai overhears this and asks Ruth to stay late. <laughs> and uh, Ruth ends up calling Nikolai out on his jealousy and tells him to stop acting like a child. Does anybody have the quote for this one? Oh, no, I don't have the... No. Okay. She's gotten her own children far enough to go on without her, not about to go back. Uh, that's not the exact one. I like when he, he says, you are fired. And she says, you can't do that. He said, I just do do that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Nikolai, he's adorable, but yeah, he's being a bit of a douche. Yep. Um, Alan Balls is about Ruth. He loves Ruth. Uh, loves Francis Conroy's performance as Ruth. And she, he says about Ruth that... Um, that uh, she bottles things up until it spills out with porosity. <laughs> so much power. If she just could own it, she could kick everyone's ass. I know how she feels. Mm. So uh, next scene, Rico is telling David that uh, Aunt Lillian is going to be an easy job. And we see in during the scene, there's a bit of tension still left over from last <laughs> week's episode. Sexual tension. Oh, wait. <laughs> there's not. Okay, sorry. Wrong <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit of awkwardness. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, yeah, David gets a fax with a huge list of changes and Rico tries to tell him what he'd do if he were in charge and starts bitching about money, even though he just got a raise and blah, blah, blah. Any words on that scene, guys? (laughs) Or did I just sum it up? He summed it up. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Next scene, Nate and Brenda walk to the hospital until they find Billy sitting alone in a hallway. And uh, Alan Ball says that there's uh, lots of shots looking down long pathways in every episode that he does. He likes to do it because he likes to show that life's a journey in the golf course and the hallway is institution. That, and if you notice, there's like a nice slight slant of the ceiling um, that kind of shows Billy and Brenda's relationship and upbringing. It's quite a skewed um, based on love and need, but completely inappropriate and dark and twisted. Wow, I didn't get all that from the ceiling. <laughs> that's what Alan, that's why I'm here to tell you what Alan said. We're not looking deeply enough, Des. <laughs> I like the fact but, that Brenda, when uh, she is parting from Nate at, the, at one end of that hallway, she mm-hmm. says, I don't want Billy to know that you're here. And I thought yeah. mm. that that, it was wonderful for her to have that honest uh, reasoning and to tell him why. Because in the past, she wouldn't have. Yeah. She wouldn't have said yeah. what she was thinking. Yeah. And I don't know what you guys get out of this, but he said that he says that this this scene um kind of parallels the pilot scene between brother and sister in a long hallway as well when you know Nate is with Claire in the hospital. Um not mm-hmm. exactly the same topic of conversation, but um he said it was he likes to draw a little bit of parallels as well. And he says that he doesn't know how to write characters that don't have flaws. So in the scene itself, uh, Billy isn't feeling what he was feeling before. And he's saying that uh, he could have seriously hurt her. It made sense at the time. And then he starts kind of cursing his own physiology and uh, tells her that she deserves to be happy and he doesn't. And he apologizes, but he can't actually physically cry he says he's crying on the inside and he kind of feels lost and um, he doesn't think he'll ever get out and they have a nice little embrace and Billy tells her it's okay, it's okay and then he says you're so beautiful. Which was so creepy. Because mm-hmm. oh. up, up until that point 
I was having a lot of compassion for him and yeah. getting yeah. drawn into it. And actually, I was getting mesmerized by his long eyelashes and finding him quite attractive. But then he had to go <laughs> and wreck it by getting all all pseudosexual with his sibling. Well, Ugh. was he, though? Maybe he I was just know. talking about she's a beautiful person. You know, I don't know. No, I, I, no, I think it totally meant her appearance. I really I didn't do. Really, I didn't really get that, but maybe that's just me because mm-hmm. I just felt that um, he really did feel bad, and you know, yeah. Apparently, he got some meds at work, and um, he seemed really quite normal. You know I what I was, mean? Yeah, and I thought it was a, neat, a compliment to the actor that he can play normal so believably now after seeing <laughs> <laughs> oh, That was kind of cool. <laughs> um. <clears throat> In the next scene, Claire watches home movies with Nathaniel <laughs> in her dream. And she says, how come they're none of me? And, can, um, I, can I interrupt here? I am the last of six children. So let me tell yes. you, I completely empathize with Claire on this point. Nice. I remember truthfully sitting with my mom when I was about six or seven years old, and I'm looking through the family photo album, and, and I get to you know later years more when I came on the scene. I'm like... I don't understand. There's so many of my sister and my brothers, and how come there's only like two of me? I was very heartbroken. <laughs> it's true. Skylar has a beautiful baby book. Gavin does not. But they both have lots of pictures, and they both have lots of videos, so that's a good thing. And we know you'll still get drunk at Gavin's art show. So. <laughs> um. And I did get over it. I did. <laughs> Well, uh, that's it's interesting that you say that, Moira, because Alan Ball says he relates most to Claire because he had the same kind of upbringing. He was an afterthought child, and uh, and his parents had the same kind of thing that uh, Nathaniel seems to um, say here that like the kind of been there, done that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> well, we, I don't we're fine. see we'll have that, to document everything. I don't. I don't. That is. Poor parenting, if you're like, been there, done that. Come on, it's your child's, you know, childhood. You want to document it. But, you know, with the first one, it's all so novel and new, and it's like, oh, I have to take a picture of everything. By the second one, you just don't think about it because you've been through it before, and you just, you know, you forget how precious each moment is until later when you haven't documented everything. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I mean, I didn't. You know, do it because I thought, well, I already did that with Skylar. It's just more of, you know, two kids now and, you know. You're I busy. You're yeah, busy. plus That's I forget, I forget. you know, everything's not new the way it was the first time around. So it, it's it's just, you know, not as much thinking about it. <laughs> well, it, to, to me it's funny because uh, my, my, my 13-year-old Sarah, she – I mean, I, I believe her mother has lots of pictures of her, but I didn't go crazy with the camera. But with uh, Isabel being born, um, I actually, because of my, because of technology, uh-huh. as technology has advanced in the last 13 years, I have a camera in my pocket at all times. Gee, Robin, yeah. we hadn't noticed any pictures of Isabel, Rose. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash Robin Burge. Okay. I also uh, think there may be some foreshadowing here when Nathaniel Sr. says, Cheer up, kitten. Maybe some of that attention you ever got will motivate you to get off your lazy ass and do something interesting with your life. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that was foreshadowing anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes, see. yes. And and 
Des, don't get offended by Nathaniel too much because he obviously this is Claire's imagination, not right, right, Nathaniel. No. Yeah, I so, got that. It's more yeah. of uh, what she thought than what you know what's actual. But then again, by the end of the episode, we kind of question if Nathaniel's been there before or if it all has been the imagination. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that later but um yeah so ruth ruth storms in and uh <laughs> she says she's gonna accuse nikolai of sexual harassment they were like two girlfriends bonding i like yeah <laughs> yeah I, she she's i may be oversharing with her daughter you know they may be a yeah. little too open claire is still only what 17 you know i mean <laughs> you still well, have I'm sure to with the boundaries. amount of the amount of manure that he, she hears coming out of claire's mouth half the time that she probably feels okay with saying a few things mm-hmm. inappropriate as well. And uh, Claire tells her to screw Nikolai and, uh, <laughs> hey! Uh, and of course she takes it literally, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Brenda and Nate are driving back and uh, then it starts oh. bringing up the marriage question. Uh, I they... hate I hate <laughs> when there are scenes in a show or a movie where people are like talking or arguing in the car and the driver keeps looking away from the road. And every time I watch a scene like that, I anticipate a car crash. Well, not only that, they show you that... It doesn't happen. Well, and then they show you the car angle where instead of looking at either one or the other of the actors, they're suddenly looking through the windshield at the road, and right away you know that mm. something bad is going to happen. And did you notice that Brenda did not have a seatbelt on, but Nate did? Mm. Mm. Well, there's a moral in there, kids. But anyway, that's probably how he ended up with just a band-aid. Right. Um. So yeah, they they he she says that they've been together a year, and he's like, oh, six months maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and it escalates, and uh, she says she needs to know if she's wasting her time, and she says that he just wants to bail, and he says that she just wants him to bail. It's the usual Nate and Brenda argument, and then truck. And they crash into a parked car. But thank God they missed that entire case of Pepsi that was so yeah. strategically placed by the by the vehicle product placement. Hey, if, if uh, Pepsi can buy them better car shots, uh, there you I, go. I, I'm okay I didn't with that. see any Pepsi. Oh yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um. So Rico asks David if they can have the christening party of Augusto in the slumber room, and. Uh, Alan Ball says that uh, this is Rico's way of offering an olive branch and that uh, he believes that Rico's not homophobic. He just has a different background and he's going to, you know, he's going to learn a thing or two. And um, I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. That's Alan Ball's way of looking at it. Um, Well, he's a bit homophobic, but I think he can learn. But it is his upbringing, definitely. I thought there was a cute little callback to Shades of 2001, A Space Odyssey, when he says, you're getting better at this, Dave. Did you catch that? It's cute. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, think Rico's picked up Nate's, uh, (laughs) the way Nate's picks on David. That's cute. Uh, And and it's great because Rico says he still thinks of the Fishers as his family. Mm -hmm. And and they start kind of teasing each other over Mm -hmm. a way to take care of the body and then they're they're buds again, and then the fax machine goes off, and we get a message that says Father Jack is gay. What? <laughs> wah, wah, wah. 
end of episode. End of episode. Dramatic squirrel. Okay. Um. Okay, so we go to the ambulance, and Alan Alan Ball uh, says he credits a lot of the talk in the ambulance to his uh, his cousin, I think cousin Andy Ball, and uh, he's an ER worker. Helped him out with the dialogue, but uh, yeah, Nate starts uh, freaking out as soon as he starts realizing where he is and what's going on around him. Um, I thought that was a good scene where he's just kind of like, "Why isn't she talking?" So you did he me? just come to? Because he was sitting up. Why did they not have him laying down if he was out? I, mean, I think he was in shock, and uh, he just was kind of, you know, just he they he probably got walked to the ambulance, sat him down, and he was just kind of like his subconscious self was just kind of like, yeah, I'm okay. He's just dazed and confused. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll give it to you. That's <laughs> <laughs> Your She's logic a point, makes man. sense. Okay. She's a tough sell. She's a tough. Did you see that slanted ceiling? Did it mean anything to you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we have a dinner with Hiram next. Which is awesome. uh, I just don't like Hiram. That's the best dinner ever. <laughs> I haven't liked him from the beginning. Uh, Ruth looks good. beautiful, though. Yes. Oh, she does. She really her does. makeup and um, the colors were just perfect for her she with her just, coloring and her just... hair color and her outfit. It all coordinated so well. She is enchanting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She looks younger. Yes. She looks yeah. younger. She always looks younger with the right makeup and her hair down. Mm-hmm. So Hiram tells Ruth that he he met someone else <laughs> and he feeling some sort of bond or connection or, or whatever uh, and it's like he's just trying to get this certain reaction out of her and she's just n- not giving it and she's just all right <laughs> let's order dessert that'll cheer you up she's very zen <laughs> Ruth is awesome <laughs> uh, so um we go back to the hospital and nate fisher who um, has uh, now has a band-aid on his forehead. Uh, he's going to Brenda's bedside, and Alan Ball wants everybody to know that if anybody has a power in this show, it's Nate's ability to heal minor cuts and abrasions. <laughs> because you'll notice the band-aid is on his forehead in the hospital, and when, when the, you, you see him at home, the band-aid's gone, and there is no sign at all of anything <laughs> wrong with his head. So... <laughs> That Nate has, <laughs> Nate has a spe- spe- special mutant power, I guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so <clears throat> yeah, she, she's Brenda's apologizing, and he confesses that he kind of prayed, and he can't imagine his life without her. And he's up for marriage, and she's kind of like, oh, one, one step at a time. So. <laughs> um, we go to St. Bart's, which, uh, strangely enough, uh, the outside shot of St. Bart's uh, has a sign on the street that says St. Andrews. So <laughs> take that out as you will. Uh, Alan, Alan says that many people think that the Fisher family is a Catholic family. They're actually Episcopal. and uh, Yeah, that was not Catholic, uh, you know, church service okay. at all. Okay. Having been raised in the Catholic church, that was definitely not Catholic. <laughs> hey, fist bump, James. There, there. Fist bump. Catholics everywhere. 
Reformed ex-Catholics. But <laughs> I, I'm not a Catholic, but, um, you know, <laughs> my mom is. And I'm not either. I wasn't even married in the Catholic Church. So in the eyes of the Catholic Church, I'm still living in sin. Uh, so that would explain the um, stained glass later in the episode. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Which I have seen Spoilers. before. Spoilers. <laughs> I have seen it before. <laughs> 15 minutes in the future. <laughs> so, Abby uh, has ruined everything. I did. I'm just glad she's talking. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you have been very quiet this episode, Gabby. Speak up. <laughs> um. So yeah, Alan Alan Ball wanted to basically say that the the their Episcopals are known for being kind of liberal, and just wants to make the point that even even liberal churches are governed by groups that you know are hypocritical and wouldn't exactly allow gays to hold positions in church and we have the uh very incensed walter um very mad because father jack married two lesbians and he and he accuses jack of being gay well David i thought polygamy it, was illegal <clears throat> father jack married two lesbians <laughs> that's, that's two wives this isn't a true blood. Wow. True blood. Wow. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for me, Gabby. Thanks for getting me. Everybody else. Oh, I'm that. sorry. This isn't a big love podcast. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Wrong HBO <laughs> show, my bad. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, hey, I haven't gotten that far in True Blood. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, but I was... Uh, uh, I was uh, still in awe by uh, Judy Comedy Works over there. Um so anyway, uh, that was the nickname I just gave to Des, and it didn't work. So <laughs> who am I to, to call her out of being a comedian? Exactly. Judy <laughs> comedy uh, works. <laughs> Quick, let's go back in time. <laughs> Edit. No. Uh, <laughs> and it won't be. <laughs> Fail. Edit yeah. in a funnier joke after. When you- <laughs> <laughs> just like completely different make, audio make, quality and voice. Yeah. Make yourself look brilliant. Yes. <laughs> People will be like writing in, you guys are dumb. Robin's funny. <laughs> just bust out the, the Alan Ball. I just know it. The okay. girls are so lame. Robin's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, David says that is arguing with Walter. He says gay is uh, genetics, and Walter says it can be overcome. And then he asks uh, uh, David if he's gay, and David says he is. Just because – okay, just because you uh, believe that gay people have rights doesn't necessarily mean you're gay. I just – you know, it's ridiculous just to jump to that conclusion because he's defending them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just ridiculous. Absolutely yes, it, ridiculous. It is, but perhaps Walter was suspecting David all along. It's mm-hmm. possible. It's know. possible. But he seems the type to me just to jump to conclusions like that. No, he's just very ignorant and silly. Oh, yes, yeah. very. He's haughty. Haughty? Haughty. He's a hottie. H A U G H T Y. Yes. Okay. Okay, Robin, you need to say haughty. Haughty, yes. as opposed to oh. haughty. Okay. <laughs> totally oh, different meaning. Trying to get through the scene. So, uh, yeah, Walter <laughs> saying that his vote doesn't count anymore, and the group argues as David sees Mark outside, covered in bruises still, but laughing. And uh, 
Alan Ball says that Mark's a great way to get at David's internal homophobia, his self, his self-loathing. Um, so, were you guys kind of surprised to see Mark again? No, no, not surprised, but it makes me squeamish every time I see him. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not my favorite. No, it's... anyway, Des is like this again. Yeah, I'm not a big fan with the ghost. <laughs> the ghost. The ghost. The ghost. <laughs> you don't like the the people seeing deceased people thing. No, I don't. Oh. Well, <laughs> they have too much imagination. <laughs> I mean, come on, people. Just logic in your life and stop being so imaginative. <laughs> Imaginations for losers. <laughs> Stop creating beautiful works of music yes. and television <laughs> and movies. I mean, exactly, film. Exactly. Exactly. Stop it. Stop entertaining me with your creativity. <laughs> My name is Des. I only want cold, hard facts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no warmth in the world. No love. No art. Nothing. A black Hey, look, you guys will be you guys will be shocked to know that last week's Doctor Who made me cry a little bit. Hey, hey, hey. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not gonna tell you anything, but okay. I'm just saying it made me cry a little bit. Like enough that you needed a hanky and everything? No. Enough that <laughs> hanky. I mean a couple of my eyes welled up and then a couple drops ran down my face. It was very weird. You cried the way Billy tries to cry. <laughs> she cries on the inside. Was, That's what Des does all the time. I was though. like, That's, what the hell the is inside. this water coming out of my eyes? I don't <laughs> understand. You're leaking from the eye. Exactly. Then, then you got your uh, Da Vinci Code belt out and knelt down in front of your bed and started whipping yourself, right? Is that what I happened? certainly did. Stop making water come out. <laughs> Myself. Self-control. <laughs> yes. uh, okay. Uh, so. <laughs> this is going to be the longest episode ever. Oh, sorry, listeners. Hopefully it's entertaining. Uh, Tracy uh, is going over things with Rico, the underling, who is gritting his teeth through this entire thing. And she says that the casket's got a nick in it. That Rico says it's just <sighs> the grain. And uh, she wants some... <laughs> she wants him to switch it but uh, it's not possible Rico gets frustrated and says he can bring the ant's body right up if she wants it uh, wants to go to a different place you know I pictured him calling the ant's corpse up the stairs and draping it on Tracy's back and saying there you go honey you <laughs> me, me too. this scene fucking pissed me off so bad because I have to deal with people like this yes. all the time and, I and like you I could see him doing that but, I'll, but but when he brings it up putting his arms up to the side and going is this what you wanted is this what you wanted <laughs> see, that, that's not good business not good customer service no. the way he's behaving however I am totally with him and I would have said the same because I, you know, get so mad when people are really demanding like that. But mm-hmm. you really shouldn't have mm-hmm. done that. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's ignore uh, Nate's outburst later on in the episode. <laughs> but uh, this kind of says says also, you know, like maybe perhaps uh, Rico should stay down below. It shouldn't be. I don't know. He's always wanting to be like part owner or whatever. And. Maybe, I don't know, what do you guys think? you think you could No, do you know what? The... Sometimes you totally have to call people on their shit. 
Okay. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. I, I call patients on their shit sometimes. So you know what? It's fine. Yeah, but you know what? It's not his place to do that. It really isn't. Uh, David or Nate, yes. But Rico, no, because it's their business, not his. He's just an employee. He needs to get back yeah. in his basement and shut the hell up. Mm, I yeah, they weren't there. They weren't there. So it he was. She totally disrespected right. him. Exactly. She totally disrespected him. She it called him. It does not matter. It does oh, not matter. Care. In customer service, you're supposed to that you know you're supposed to give the customer. What I'm so want. glad I'm not in customer service. That's all yeah. I have to say. I I, I, I am, but. I demand, but the same amount of respect that I or my superior gets should be the same person that's below me. Everybody, where there is a team, somebody Mm -hmm. shouldn't be shat upon just because of what their title happens to be within the organization. Yeah, and you know, I had, I had, well, I had a patient say something really rude to my secretary, and when I got the patient alone in a room, I dealt with all of her medical issues first, and at the end, when I had done all of that and done my appropriate professional stuff, I said, okay, now we need to discuss your behavior. And I basically said to her, if you ever, ever speak to my secretary like that again, you are not my patient anymore, period. I don't believe that she was – okay. She was mad because he wouldn't give her what what she wanted. He wouldn't trade in the coffin, so she was mad, so she's, you know – talking about how he's not even, you know, he's just an underling, whatever. And she wasn't she hearing probably, him. She probably would have done the same thing to either one of the other guys because she wasn't getting what she wanted. It's, mm. You know, I don't think she – she's one of those people who doesn't get what they want, so they get bitchy. And, uh, you know, if he would have given her what she wanted, she would have never pointed out her, her station. But, but he couldn't yeah, give her what she yes, wanted because it was impossible. I understand, oh. she, but what he should have done is he should have referred her to David or Nate. Well, potentially, but I still don't blame him for what he said. <laughs> well, I mean, how you said it? <laughs> let, let me throw throw something in on this. Uh, to I mean, I mean, my mind is twisted. You have a secretary, Moira. What? What was that? You have a secretary? Yeah, and a nurse. Is that awesome or what? Yeah. Wow. She has a doctor's office. I don't, I, don't, ah, I don't answer my own phone, Robin. I, I, I am a secretary, Robin. Ooh. I don't have one, but I am one. And do you know what? Your secretary is your most important first line. It's how you present yourself to the public. They're extremely important, which is why I defended her against the able patient. Which is the why you should never be ugly to a customer, no matter what, <laughs> when you're a secretary. Let me tell you. She's you not. Know, my secretary right. no. of course, no. to and they're being jerks. So there you go. Right. You know, when when somebody like in that position has to deal with somebody like Tracy, <laughs> then they really need to put the push them up the um yeah. the hierarchy You're to cool. someone higher because you know the person in charge is the one who needs to deal with that. They're you know what? I'm being devil's advocate with you, but I completely see your point. Yeah. Well, hey, I agree with Rico completely. However, yes. <laughs> however, he should okay. have done it. Yeah. I probably would have done the same thing, but I would be wrong. Not the first time I would be wrong. I'm just all right. Well, that, that's all well and good. I'm just I'm just hoping we can get more out of this episode than the ills of customer service. I'm sure Gabby's gonna go running away any second now. <laughs> no. I just live it every hey, day. He's dissing us, Des. I know. I know, right? Look, okay, he chose us to be 
on his podcast. He knows how much we like to talk. I'm happy about it. He knows. We just, all right, okay, fine. Moving on. All right. Fine. So Moira has a secretary. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I just want one. I want a um, more of a secretary. Now I want to watch the you... movie, The Secretary. Ooh. <laughs> I've seen that movie. Uh, uh, is that the one with the Gyllenhaal girl in it? Yes. Yeah. Oh. I, I have not seen it. Oh, oh, oh Dazzy, you like that one. Oh, Steph, you, I mean, oh, Dazzy. Yeah. Oh, 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 right. oh, person. Oh. Dazzy, you must see it. You would like it. I may, but I don't know. <laughs> it's got the least, less attractive of the Gyllenhaal siblings in it. Oh, but the performance is amazing. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. We gotta we gotta get him here. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, next morning, uh, Ruth gets a call from Hiram, who seems still to be looking for uh, Ruth to be upset about it, and uh, uh, starts even saying he needs he's starting to have second thoughts as a result. He's a douche. He wants her <laughs> to be torn up about this, and mm-hmm. she's not. So he is going to harass the hell out of her. You know. I mean, what a douche. Hiram's a douche. <laughs> Hiram is a douche. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is wishy-washy wimpy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Claire said, it comes in and says she's staying at Parker's, and uh, but Ruth wants a phone call. Uh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that with Skylar all the time. Now she's over 18, so, but, you know, when she was under 18, I would do, I want to speak to That is parent. good, good parenting, because Ruth is not a yes. complete loser as a parent. Right, and uh, she knows what she knows what Gabe's going through. You know, she was informed about that, so she's got got a reason to kind of keep an eye on Claire. So, um, the next scene, the doctor enters and kind of mentions to Nate, "Oh, I, I need to talk to you later." And Nate, of course, thinks it's uh, going to be something awful about Brenda. And Brenda recounts her dream to the doctor. <laughs> Did you guys pay attention to what she was saying? Yes. <laughs> It was awesome. Yeah. It was really funny. <laughs> it totally made me think of death. <laughs> really? Why? Dolphins? No, the part about Courtney Love. <laughs> because I know how much you love Paul. Paul Ross. In Versace. I do like the their first album. Yeah, very much. Live through this. Yeah. Yes, I love album. that album. But you know, Gabby is really the Courtney love of this podcast. Oh yeah. Yes. We probably won't get that story, but you won't. Um, she was. She is the. It's for yeah. nothing. Podcast. <laughs> hey, let's let's stop plugging the other podcast already. Jeez Louise. Nonsense cast. What's on with Stephen Des? What potential? Okay. Awesome. What? <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, um, so. Uh, <laughs> moving on, uh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I wanted to say that uh, uh, Alan Ball actually said that Brenda's dream that, that it, it was all improv. Uh, they just told her to start talking about oh, a dream, cool. and that's she made that all up on the spot. <laughs> Rachel that's funny. Um, so uh, the next scene, David is uh, David's getting some self righteousness going. Is uh, he's out and he's ready to. Uh, get, get all fiery, and he thinks that Father Jack has his back. Um, but it turns out that um, Father Jack wants David to resign, and uh, 
Go ahead. I think Father Jack a little bit has his back. I mean, you mm. know what I mean? He he <clears throat> he may not be gay, but he is <laughs> <laughs> he is, yeah. he is, um he, he may not be gay and I'm not a doctor. Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't have a secretary. I don't have a secretary. It's all being make believe. <laughs> he he does he does um no he's known from the beginning that, that David's gay and he's never been um you know anything but helpful to him so it's not that he doesn't completely have his back but i can understand the position he's in yeah well you know he he just wants to keep doing his job at the church and you know that's the best defense we can give him but uh unfortunately um he's i don't know he's he's a victim of politics just like anybody else in this situation you know it's church is a very political organization yes. just like any other so and father jack, father jack is right you know sometimes you, you, you there's no point in fighting battles you're not going to win sometimes. he's tired you, you got to pick your battles yeah he's got a right to be tired right so um, I guess uh, my question in this scene was, do you think Father Jack's telling the truth or uh, just trying to keep his job? But I think it sounds like you guys all <laughs> err on the side of... I believe the, him. Why not? I was busily trying to, to, to eyeball the uh, the whiskey bottles to figure out what brandy was drinking. That's more what I was paying attention to. <laughs> I couldn't quite make it out. <laughs> well, I don't see why he would have lied because I'm, you know... I. David's not the type of person to be like, well, he's gay. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't. Still... Yeah, I but... think it's because he didn't want David to keep bothering him. Maybe yeah. that's yeah. what I, I okay. My opinion is, David. I think he is gay, but he just doesn't want to have to have that conversation with David. Yeah, yeah. like like a go away kid. You're bothering me. Yeah, kind of. Maybe he's just asexual. He is a he is a priest. Deadly silence. <clears throat> so at the end of the scene, uh, we see uh, Des gets annoyed because Mark shows up and he's staring at David, and uh, she's like, "This again." Someone do an exorcism or something. <laughs> see, and I I feel totally differently about that. I love having the ref- I, Mark yeah. being um, David's reflection of where he's at in this episode. Yes, I like it. So me too. Nah, nah, so there. <laughs> so there, Des. <laughs> I don't need that. I may not be able to get the clues from the ceiling, but I understand where David is with his, yeah. his fight. All right. I still well, like it. I like the ghosties. Do you do you hate all the times it's been used? Do you think it's all like meh? You'd rather the show be without it or do you kind of enjoy sometimes like i mean it's okay it's all right, all right. i don't cool. i don't hate it um but I, you she know probably hates ghostbusters too so if you hate nathaniel i'm gonna be really pissed at you i don't hate nathaniel but um, <laughs> you know but no but he's awesome who are you gonna call guess. okay Gabe and Claire arriving at the party, and this is nice one long steady cam shot. Very cool. Um, Gabe is kind of turned off by the drug use going on at the party. He's like, "Oh, better get away from that." And uh, Alan Ball on the uh, commentary was just like, "Wait for it," and he's like, and he starts cracking up when the guy with the sunglasses walks by, and he's just like, "Typical Hollywood poser," and you know that's why he put him in there. 
Um, I didn't even notice him, but they like cracked up. So yeah, yeah. I didn't rewind. Actually, in the later in the later scene, you see him just like kind of walking into the pool, still wearing his sunglasses. (laughs) Oh yeah, I saw that part. Yeah. So Gabe calls him a gay slur, and uh, Claire tells him to shut up and that her brother's gay. And um, they find Parker canoodling with right said Fred. <laughs> Next scene. Uh, that was the second time. I, you know, second time I've thought about my ex husband because his name was Warren too. You guys are picking. Uh, oh, me that's the guy's name is Warren. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, okay. why I noticed it because it was my ex husband's name. I just I call him right side front of my notes. <laughs> um, the next scene, doctor, the doctor is showing Nate his CAT scan results. Nate thinks this Brenda's at Why first, would but he think that it's I mean, called not, breach of confidentiality. Yeah, they're Nate. not buried. There's no, you know, no oh, reason yeah. that he should tell him that. Exactly. Well, you know, maybe he just doesn't know that, or maybe or, he's still in shock. Yeah, he's in shock. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, Ellen Ball does make a mention of this commentary that Nate has mentioned headaches before. Mm-hmm. Maybe the last Maybe. time I was on. That's right. I don't <laughs> we all went knowingly at Gabby. Uh, <laughs> Now and I gotta go if, back and listen to that. So, yeah, you're gonna have to because uh, we do happen to kind of snicker during that part. So <laughs> somebody has a headache once, and we are automatically die. supposed to think, yeah, that there's something wrong with them. Okay, well, I'm gonna be not all the very time. soon <laughs> because I have headaches all the time. Yeah. So. Well, do you have any vertigo, dizzy feeling? No, not Is now. It on one side of your head? Not this year. No. Do you, do you see what spots out of the corner of your eye? But, okay, all of those <laughs> symptoms. The vertigo, but no, nah, not a feature of an AVM. The spots out of the corner of the eye, but not a feature of an AVM. Stupid. <laughs> Just saying. Poor research. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. All right. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, or at least almost never. <laughs> what are the well, we'll get it. Just well, the headache is. Right. The headache is. They usually mm-hmm. present with a bleed or seizure and, and pre- uh, prodrome of headaches. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I do my research before this show. I'd like you to know. That's I get my facts straight. <laughs> <laughs> You're all about the facts. The cold heart. <laughs> no, no, that's just death. It's just has a cold black heart. I'm the mushy well, one. Okay. Do you want to? Do, do, is there anything more you want to share about? Is it arterial venous malformation? Right, AVM. Correct. Is that what it is? Um, it okay. is a congenital lesion comprised of a complex tangle of arteries and veins connected by one or more fistulae. In English? Oh, fistula. (laughs) I know what that is. A big ball of blood vessels that can go pop at any point because there's a lot of high pressure in the veins where there shouldn't Uh, be, and so they can explode and bleed, basically. Right. Yeah, it's kind of icky. But it is actually uh, not that common, and when you do see it presenting, it is actually in young people like his age. That part's quite realistic. Mm. Okay. Okay, Good, good. So, um, yeah, so Nate actually wants uh, the worst case scenario. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but, uh, and says that <clears throat> the doctor says he's a, it's a high risk for stroke and he could die from it. And Nate says he hasn't smoked. He doesn't do red meats. He exercises every day. And, uh, the doctor says that he wants a full cardiovascular profile before he goes running again. <laughs> I hope that's not what happens in the season finale or the series finale mm. that Nate dies. Kill, I don't kill, know. Kill David instead. Kill David instead. Ruth's old. It should be her. Ruth's old. 
Oh, no. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. Nice. Uh, Nikolai's older. Okay, yeah. then let it be him, but I doubt if it would be. If well, you know, if anybody all. dies, Hiram. it doesn't mean that they won't... Hiram, uh... yes, we can kill off Hiram. Yes, That'd be fun. yes, we can do but... that next next episode. If like anybody dies, it doesn't mean I'm that uh, they might not come back. Uh, but then they, uh, <laughs> and still be on mind. the show. There's Only always ghosts. Scruffy. There's always <laughs> ghosts. Uh, there's mm. always ghosts. Are the ghosts going to continue? Don't I don't know, Des. No. What do you think? Don't tell because he wa- he, okay, I don't well, remember. I'm old. You know who's old, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's practically one foot in the grave. Uh, <laughs> Ruth old. Damn. <laughs> Ruth is old. I want to get me some old. Oh, All right. All right. she likes the elderly. <laughs> elderly, really? She's not on a walker. So, so you enjoyed your assignment on Not Six Cast, huh? <laughs> oh. Again with the podcast. That was All right. perfect for you then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I hate you, Des. Uh, <laughs> oh, now we're starting to my content cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to blame you for this. <laughs> All right, so... We're supposed to be recording nonsense cast right now. That's the problem. Oh, you're in nonsense cast mode? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. All right, well, you know. This is now a three-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is a three-hour podcast. Um, so in the in the commentary, just a last note on this doctor scene, um, Balls, Alan Ball says he's ambivalent towards doctors and he doesn't like the cavalier way they sometimes treat us. So this is his way of... Uh, kind of writing a doctor scene and uh yeah moira you take care moira, of that, okay moira I'm fires so back she's like get your facts right then <laughs> i'm so cavalier i'm just cold-hearted to all my well, patients what do you think i mean you know do you think that the doctor's behavior was okay with him like do you know yeah. what there is no easy way to break bad news to people and yeah. you have to be um fairly straight up with them yeah, and I think when Nate indicated he wanted the bottom line, he gave him the bottom line. So yeah. you know, it wasn't that bad. I, I don't know if it was cavalier so much as it was just <sighs> factual, and that Nate yeah. and Nate—that's you know, what he wanted. So I don't know. Could have been worse. It's true. I mean, you know, he did just look at a CAT scan, and he still needs to work up some tests yeah. and stuff, right? I mean, he can't just go, "Well, you you might die." I'll just <laughs> let's tell you straight off that the bad news first. Okay, you might die. Yeah, because Nate was pushing for that. He was pushing yeah. for what's the worst thing, and he was trying to say to him, "Well, yeah, yeah, it's a possibility, but let's just take this one step at a time," kind of thing. So we all know that Nate is scared of death very much, so mm. because of his uh, upbringing. Moo. Uh, so, did you say moo? <laughs> she mooed. <laughs> because moo. the next scene, there's some mooing. <laughs> moo. <laughs> like, moo. <laughs> moo. Uh, well, Parker, Parker does call uh, Ruth and pretends to be Parker's mom, and Claire is feeling kind of guilty. But outside, we have Gabe, Shrunken Ball, Andy, and Dink uh, talking about the new game, Beer Cow. No. Uh, they basically no. hoed a store no. up. No. No. You can't do beer cow hey, on me, okay? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, 
And you're like, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, as Gabe's listening to their conversation, he seems to be falling back into his old, you know, routine a bit, you know, like, I and just grabs a joint and starts smoking with him. Boo. And, <laughs> and uh, Alan Ball says there's a, there's a kid, the, one of the kids, his name is Dink. Because that's their one of their grips nicknames, and when the line "Dink, shut the fuck up" comes up, it totally cracked the crew up when they were watching it afterwards. So that's a great story, Moo. That's a great story, huh? No, Moo. All right, no, no. <laughs> so Ruth is uh, spazzing out at the wheel of the car, mooing because she just found out about Nate and Brenda's accident, and. Uh, Nate turns around and sees Nathaniel in the back seat, and he says, "Oh boy, this time it's personal." <laughs> <laughs> what is it like, Jaws? What? Yeah, three, four, <laughs> four. Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> so, uh, right said Fred and Parker are making out, <sighs> and uh, that's all. Yucky. He's, he's although you know, I did he, like Parker's hair in that scene. Yeah. I thought it was good hair. That's about all I can say that. That's all I can say about Parker that's nice. That's it. This episode made me feel like Tracy. (laughs) Everybody was getting some. Everybody had somebody but me and Tracy. (laughs) Um, When you're on the parents' bed uh, with the girl in your arms, that is the perfect time to ask how old she is. Uh, (sighs) Go go to it, right side Fred. You, You are my hero. Well, how old do you want me to be? Seriously? Oh, I hate Parker. High five. High five, Gabby. Uh, I don't like her. Of course you do. Claire's such a good kid. Mm. Underneath the bed, Parker's terrible. Claire's too good. No, she's not. She's not too good. Yeah. Parker's an ass. (laughs) Parker's an ass. She's an ass. She's a heifer. Moo. <laughs> Moo. Moo. Well, while the moo's going on, the beer cow scene plays out here in the convenience store, and Gabe seems to not like the fact that the clerk isn't getting too phased by the mooing. He's just kind of like, <laughs> what? And so he pulls a gun. Hey, did you catch what was playing in the background? <laughs> no. <laughs> song. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves. <laughs> it was Cher. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I guess they were the thieves. <laughs> I was. I remember thinking that is a very weird choice of song for this yeah. scene <laughs> to be playing. Well, it's a the kind of song you'd hear in a. In a well, you'd store. hear that at a convenience store. Yeah, yes. light, light adult rock or whatever you know. <sighs> um. So yeah. We, oh wait, wait, wait. No, no. Nikolai's the gypsy kind of Russian, you know, and uh-huh. and Parker's the tramp, <laughs> and Gabe's the thief. Okay. Hey, hey, I'm trying to pull an Alan Ball depth of meaning out of this. You gotta do the. You gotta do the voice. Yes. Well, Alan does say that uh, Gabe snaps at the counter because he needs something to deal with the pain. He's and his new sedative is power, and uh, so really, um, it makes him feel makes him feel really good (laughs) to to humiliate the store clerk. Yeah, that's great, Gabe. I I thought it was the smoking the pot before they. (laughs) Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, just a public service announcement: marijuana doesn't make you hold up. No. At gas stations. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it Made it me does. do that every time. 
fight a nickel. I swear. <laughs>